This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, May 11th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who represents the golden era of BYU fandom, Jason Shepard. What are you trying to say? Is this like an old joke? <laughs> is that what this is? It's whatever you want it to be. Well, then I certainly don't want it to be. That I'm excited about our topic today. Yes. We, we have a really fun topic that I think fans are really going to enjoy because... I, I'm not sure, and this, these are always the best conversation when there really isn't a wrong answer. Um, yeah, this is, this is kind of the golden era of, of BYU players in a certain sport. Okay, all right. You should never feel old, Shep. Well, I don't. Especially when you're sitting next to me, because when you look at our pop culture references, we're pretty much on yes, the same page. That is true, yeah. It's when Jerem's here, there's a little bit of a gap. We don't quite... <laughs> Not sure the references. Yeah. <laughs> yes, listen, we're more Depeche Mode, Howard Jones, Erasure, the Thompson Twins. He's more Green Day. Okay? Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Right? That is very true. And it's okay. So yes. don't feel old, man. Okay. Right. Just a couple of old guys hanging out in Studio B. We're not old guys. We are not. <laughs> I cannot reiterate enough. We are not old guys. Here's your show lineup. Is right now the golden era of BYU football in the National Football League? Or does that still belong to the 1980s with the likes of Jim McMahon and the 90s with Steve Young? Loaded topic there. (laughs) Former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon will join us to debate that and discuss the number one most important thing that every single BYU rookie needs to do and know as they transition into the league. Plus, a top five Tuesday centered on volleyball awesomeness and the latest star from BYU softball to win conference player of the week. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After spending the last three seasons with the New York Jets, former Cougar linebacker Harvey Longy signing a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. Longy played in New England in 2017 as a rookie, but was released in 2018 after suffering injuries due to a car accident. He rejoins his teammate Kyle Vannoy in New England, who also returned to the Patriots this offseason. BYU softball beats up on Dixie State handily in a Monday matinee doubleheader yesterday. The Cougars take game one seven to one behind five runs batted in from Martha Epinesa she also hit another home run BYU taking the second game eight to two three other Cougars hit home runs in the first inning and then two from Riley Jensen in the fifth and sixth innings they've now hit 80 total home runs on the season that is insane unbelievable senior Arissa Paulson well we're talking about landmark uh, achievements Pitched her 400th career strikeout. She had 10 in her six and a third innings yesterday. BYU takes on Utah State. Final regular season game of the year today, 6 p.m. Eastern. Staying with softball, Hannah Joe Peterson was named the WCC Player of the Week. Peterson hit two doubles and three home runs in the four games, driving in six total. She finished the week with a batting average of 615. Okay, Hannah Joe. That is crazy. BYU, by the way, has now claimed 13 of the 24 WCC Weekly Awards this season. Who's going to be the Player of the Year? I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's Riley Jensen. 
Violet Zvodnik has had like the most incredible freshman year ever. It'll be coming from BYU. Yes, it will be from <laughs> yeah. BYU. We know that much. It's the golden era of BYU softball. Yes. BYU infielder Andrew Pintar of the Batcats named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week and one of collegiate baseball newspapers National Players of the Week. Ten hits in four games, three home runs, a double and a triple, 19 total bases. He had an on-base percentage of over 500. His slugging percentage was almost 1,000. Through 41 games a season, Jason, Pintar leads the Cougars in batting average, hits, runs, triples, stolen bases, slugging percentage, and on-base percentage. I'm pretty sure he's been the best player. BYU travels to Stockton, California to take on West Coast Conference foe Pacific in a three-game series this weekend. They're still holding on to those very minor conference championship hopes. Yeah, just all you got to do is keep winning and see what happens. Both men's and women's track and field remain ranked in the top ten in this week's USTF CCCA rankings. The men remained at number two after adding two national top ten marks at the Oregon Twilight. The women also staying put at number nine for the second consecutive week. The Cougars will host the BYU Cougar Invitational Friday and Saturday for the final meet of the regular season. BYU men's volleyball finishes their season at number two. Not surprisingly, in the final ABCA coaches poll. Isn't that where you should finish when you are the runner-up for yes, the Yes, yes. It makes absolute sense, Jason. <laughs> and it still hurts to even discuss what happened over the Ooh. weekend. Cougars finished 20-4 and four overall. 2021 MPSF champions conference that featured four teams in the final top 10 rankings. Yeah, it's the SEC of volleyball in a lot of ways. All right, golf. BYU's Alicia May Mateo tied for 44th at the NCAA Stanford Regional following a first-round score of 74. She is currently ranked third among the individual competitors and finished the opening round tied with or ahead of all five golfers from WCC opponent Pepperdine. In case you're wondering, Mateo will tee off in round two today. That will begin at 11.50 a.m. Pacific time. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The golden era of BYU football in the National Football League. Jason is that right now with all of the emerging stars and players that Brigham Young University football is putting into the NFL right now? Or does that phrase belong to the 80s and 90s with the likes of McMahon and Young? Look, I went into this topic yesterday when we had this discussion that we maybe wanted to get into this today. I was... I had already made up my mind. It was difficult, but I had already made up my mind. I was going with Steve Young in the 90s. Okay. That that was the golden age of BYU in the NFL. Okay. You had Steve Young, who obviously is, is the most notable and, and probably the, the biggest name of any BYU quarterback that's ever played in the National Football League. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. Abs- absolutely. So you, you had the storyline between him and... and in Joe Montana, and was he going to get a shot? And then he won it in '94. So I was, I was, that was my answer. The more I thought about it, I changed. And I do believe now is the golden era. And okay. it's not just because of the sheer number of guys mm-hmm. that are in the National Football League, it's the number of guys that are in place at key positions and actually doing something with it. Obviously, the most recent. Big name and big storyline is Zach Wilson going number two overall 
he is constantly being talked about. He is in the number one media market in the world okay. in New York, and he's talked about all the time. So he's, he's obviously there. Then you have Daniel Sorensen with my Kansas City Chiefs that has won a Super Bowl. I'm not exaggerating when I say I don't know if they make it to the Super Bowl okay. without Daniel Sorensen because some of the plays he made in the playoffs leading up to it. You have Kyle Van Oy, who's won Super Bowls. You have Taysom Hill, who everybody talks about, may end up being a starting quarterback. He was the Swiss Army knife. Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in the National Football League, plus Michael Davis signing a new contract. <laughs> Sione Takitaki is a starter on a very good playoff team in Cleveland. I think this is the golden era, and wow. I didn't think that yesterday. Wow. Your argument has some serious traction for all of the reasons that you just listed. Look at the five faces on the screen right now. Taysom Hill, Fred Warner, Kyle Van Noy, Daniel Sorensen, Jamal Williams. There are a combined three Super Bowl rings on that page. Fred Warner played in a Super Bowl. Jamal Williams, had he stayed in Green Bay, I thought was going to get to a Super Bowl. And who knows if Taysom Hill will be there. He's been in the NFC Championship game. So, yes, they're all significant contributors. And we're not even talking about the 15 other guys that just joined the league with dreams of making big things happen. Zach Wilson being the most notable of that, being handed the keys to a franchise the day after he was taken number two overall as the highest draft pick in BYU football history. That said, Jason, I went back and I looked, and I know Steve Young and Jim McMahon take the headlines from the 80s and 90s. Okay, well, I won't even include Jim McMahon. Okay, just, just Steve Young in the late 80s to early 90s. But look at the other players that were around Steve Young as well that sometimes are forgotten. Okay, uh, how about Todd Christensen? One of the, one of the all-time greats. Yes, and a guy that is revered. In NFL circles. Yes. Okay. Bart Oates, multiple-time Super Bowl champion as a center with Steve Young and the San Francisco 49ers and Joe Montana. Then Jim McMahon. Okay, but I said I'd leave him out. And then you kind of get to the 90s and the early 2000s where it's not great. There's some sporadic players, Brett Kiesel. But back into the 90s, Chad Lewis. Yep. Okay, another player. Pro Bowl guy. Multiple years Pro Bowl guy. And I think he fits into the 90s mold with Steve Young. He was in the league the same time Steve Young was. He, got, he went in the league in 1997. Okay? So add that to John Tate. Vaisikahema was in the league for a long time. Mark Wilson is before this era. So he'll, he's kind of with, if not before Jim McMahon. And then a guy like Dennis Pitta was really the first sticking player for BYU in what felt like a decade. Okay, you got about early 2000s to the late 2010s, early 2010s. That's when Pitta made his mark. But the 90s still with Young, Bard Oates, Vysik, and I'm going late 80s too. I, I still think those guys, because there were Super Bowl championships involved with quarterbacks, that that is going to win the argument with most BYU fans. I, look, quarterbacks, champions, NFL Hall of Famer, BYU just the guys now just need to do a little bit more to win the argument of being the overall golden era. I frankly BYU needs a quarterback to do something significant so that they can then overtake what Steve Young and the other guys did in the late 80s and early 90s. Well, they may have an opportunity now with two depending on what happens with Taysom in New Orleans. Look, uh, like I said when we started the show, I don't think that there is a wrong answer and I don't I don't want me making a case 
for one era to mean that I'm trying to downgrade another sure. era because sure. that's certainly not. But I I view I I view it, and I understand your point about the Super Bowls and the guys that were there were winning Super Bowls. I just don't know if I have ever seen this many BYU players being storylines and significant storylines in the NFL. Is that because of the way that media has changed, that, though? There is no question about it. There is far more media than there ever was in the even early 2000s, mm. certainly the 90s and the 80s. I will give you that 100%. But you have to, you have to take each era on its own merits. And yes... It's going to be difficult to compare certain things like that in terms of media coverage. But I think that certainly plays a major role as to what ultimately swayed me. It's because I don't remember this many guys. And you do have Super Bowls. Now, it's not a quarterback winning Super Bowl. But you mentioned, you know, Sorensen has played in two, won one. You had Fred Warner playing in one. Kyle Van Noy's Kyle won Van a couple. Kyle Van Noy has won a couple. He's Thank won you, two. Tom Brady. But I, I just don't know. And, and these guys are leaders on those teams. Sione Takitaki is one of the defensive leaders, the signal caller on defense. Van Oy is the same. Daniel Sorensen, starting safety. You know what I mean? I like, and now you have Zach Wilson. Again, in New York, starting quarterback. Taysom Hill could be the starting quarterback. If he's not, he's still going to be a major, major piece and still a storyline every time you talk about sure. the New Orleans Saints. Fred Warner is the best linebacker and in Fred, football. I was, I was listening to Pro Football Talk with uh, Mike Florio and Chris Sims. They said that, those exact words. They were talking about the 49ers and the quarterback situation, but they also started talking about the defensive side and how good of an overall team they are. And they said Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. It's stuff like that that, that has swayed me to believing, and it's not just recency bias, that I think this is the golden era in the NFL. It certainly is the flourishing era, it feels like, just with the sheer number of significant contributors. Just when you name them off like that, back to back to back to back, those guys that are contributing in major ways right now. So I feel like BYU is flourishing. I don't know if I'm ready to call it the golden era, though. This is kind of like the bling-bling era of BYU football. (laughs) Everything's shiny and sparkly, and there are diamonds. Will you give me the silver era? (laughs) You at least I think it's better than silver. That's cubic the thing. zirconium era. Okay. Are we willing to give me this? I, I think it's better than silver. Maybe, maybe this is the golden era. I was going to say, Steve, if it's better than silver, there's and, only and one. Steve Young and Jim McMahon are the platinum era. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay, in terms of value and worth. I just need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl for me to turn the page officially and say, okay, now we're here. This is They have displaced... That era as now the next greatest thing. I need a prominent quarterback. Think about it. Steve Young, Zach Wilson is Steve Young like 35 years ago. Getting drafted by a terrible team. He was going to go to the Bengals, but he opted for the USFL. Like Steve Young would have been in the same scenario as Zach Wilson. It's the same story only 37 years later. What can Zach Wilson do with the New York Jets. I need a quarterback to do something significant to officially turn that page. It's a fun topic. It's it really a, this is. is a fun topic. I You're, love this. It's great. It, and frankly, doesn't it put you in a good mood? Like, I think about the NFL. I think there are 19 different teams in the NFL represented by at least one BYU Cougar right now. Yes. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. All right. Let's go to Voice of the Nation now and ask you your opinions is right now the golden era of BYU football. Sound off in Voice of the Nation. This is 
the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson answers on Twitter. I don't know if you can call it the golden era yet. We have to see how all of these players pan out. BYU's had quarterbacks lead their teams to victory in the Super Bowl. That is more impressive than what is happening right now. I think it's the argument of number of significant contributors versus the amazing accomplishments of a fewer number of players in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and, and my whole point was, it's, it's yes, it's the sheer number that are there, but it's, it's more than just the amount of players in the league right now. It's, it's what they're doing. What they mean to those teams. It's what they mean and the storylines that they are producing, the national attention that they are getting, and therefore BYU is getting because of it. I think that's different. I just think it's different. Bradley Perkins on Facebook says it's the beginning of the golden era, just the tip of the iceberg, and it very well might be. I'm kind of with Bradley. I just need to see a little bit more. I need more of the iceberg to be exposed here, more exploration to take place. (laughs) All right, coming up, will Taysom Hill have more receptions than Tim Tebow this year? Taysom Hill's brother-in-law, David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker, will join us to discuss which BYU guy he thinks has the best fit in the NFL of the 15 guys that just made the transition into the league. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, grab your party hats, tissues, and brooms. It's time to celebrate BYU softball and baseball's latest wins. First, to look back on all volleyball accomplished this season. You can check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. A myriad of emotions will you encounter. And I'm speaking like Yoda for I don't know what reason. Why not? (laughs) We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. Let's go ahead and turn this into a trio now with David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. David, welcome back to the show. I know you've heard about uh, Tim Tebow and your brother-in-law, Taysom Hill, has kind of set the path for Tim Tebow, if you will. So how concerned should Taysom be that a guy like Tim Tebow might take his calling as the Swiss Army knife of the NFL? Listen, uh, not concerned at all. Uh, mainly because Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow's last season in the NFL was 2014. I mean, this is a guy who's been out for six, seven years. Uh, and, and, and a guy who ran a 4-7 to Bernard Taysom's 4-4. I'm not worried at all. But that being said, Tim Tebow should send a thank you letter to Taysom saying, I uh, appreciate you opening the door for me because uh, he now has his opportunity. Do you think when it's all said and done, David, that he's going to make this roster? Because I know that the big news is now that they're signing him. Do you think he has a legitimate chance of making this team? Speaking of, of Tebow. I, yeah, Tebow, yeah. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, when you've been out of the game for that long, you, your speed hits. You know, there's significant slowdown on your speed. The game itself is now faster than ever because your, your eyes aren't used to it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff he'll have to adjust to. And once again, he's not, he's not Taysom. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the strength of Taysom. And so I, I don't think – you've got Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to take the number one pick in the draft and take him off the field uh, to throw in some Tebow packages. I, I don't know. But, you know, what? I, I read something. I think Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow are, are, of course, go back way back to college days, but I think they're also currently neighbors or something <laughs> I read. So, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? I think there's some, there's some friendly neighbor uh, going on there where, where he's hooking them up. But – 
you know, I think it's fun. I think it's fun for everybody to see how he does. But at the end of the day, does he make the squad? I think he's a long shot. Yeah, can you imagine the neighborhood, like, squabble between Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer? Hey, you borrowed my trimmer and you never returned it, you jerk. Hey, those hedges are a little too high. <laughs> I'm going to need those to be trimmed. Uh, after, I'll, get, I'll get to that for practice, Coach. Thanks. <laughs> David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's stay on the Taysom Hill storyline and now bring in Zach Wilson. Isn't it interesting that BYU has two of the more prominent storylines based on quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston battling for the starting spot in New Orleans. Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick. And what he hopes is uh, the next great New York Jets quarterback. David, what's the bigger quarterback storyline? What's happening with the Saints in the offseason trying to replace Drew Brees or Zach Wilson in the Jets? Well, I think as far as starting goes, it's pretty obvious that it's Jason and Jameis to figure out, what, like you said, who starts there. But you get a, you get a rookie quarterback, number two overall, and they've given him the reins. They traded Sam Darnold away. They said, this is your team uh, for a rookie, a guy fresh out of college. I mean, it's, there's some compelling storylines. And for BYU fans, how exciting is this? When's the last time we had two potentially starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I mean, it goes back decades. It has to. Um, and so – for Billy fans, it's a fun time to see it all plays out. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I think Taysom, you know, they told him, they told him that you're our guy. And uh, this is this has been something they've signaled to him for the, the past few years. And, and, of course, they brought in Jameis to be a backup to Drew last year and to Taysom last year as well. It was pretty obvious Taysom was the number two string whenever Drew went down the injuries. Uh, Taysom started those four games. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out during training camp. That's the best thing about it. You, you need to breed competition. And that's what we see at BYU as well. BYU's got three quarterbacks, competition, the, the, the cream will rise to the top. And so we'll see what happens out in New Orleans. But for Zach Wilson, I mean, how exciting to, to be drafted and overnight you're handed the keys to an NFL franchise. I mean, it's just, uh, man, it could, could be a better situation. It sounds like so far everything's off and running pretty smoothly. Well, let's stay with that. And obviously, lots of guys drafted. You have five guys drafted. You had seven guys signing for agent contracts. So there are a lot of guys that are in camps. A couple of them got uh, in or got underway over the weekend. A lot are going to start over the next week or to two weeks. What's the most important thing for Zach or any of these guys in these rookie mini camps to learn over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's to learn. I mean, listen, you're, you're not going to go out there and really compete right now. That's not what this is for. You're out there in helmets, uh, thud pads, but you're not out there trying to attack. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're trying to learn the playbook uh, because you go, you go from this jump from college to pro, it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, the, the language, the playbook, the, the motions, everything's completely different. And keep in mind, most of these guys had the playbook mastered because they're upperclassmen, right? I mean, Zach Wilson knew that offense – uh, left and right, no no problems at all. The defensive guys, they know where the, where the adjustments are, are and what gaps are supposed to be in. But also, if you go up to this next level and the terminology is completely different, the scheme's sometimes very different. You go from running a 3-4 to a 4-3 or whatever it may be on the defense side of the ball. Um, and offensively, you've got different reads, you've got different defenses you're not looking at. It's just a whole new ball game. So for them, it's all about learning. It's taking that playbook and you kind of have to change your, your mentality of how to learn. I think in college, a lot of us took it for granted. Like, I'll show for some film. I know the plays. I'll, I'll occasionally look at our, our blitzing schemes and, and memorize where I'm supposed to be. But pro, you got this playbook, and you are studying that thing day in and day out right now because it's just all brand-new knowledge to you. 
Um, and so for them right now, the, the essential part of being in these OTAs and, or excuse me, these, these mini camps, and eventually we'll see OTAs maybe, uh, is learning the playbook and learning how to learn. Because once again, it's a whole different type of mindset and approach than they have in college. Former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation, a man who went through the learning curve with several different teams. So you have great perspective on what that takes. That said, David, if we throw in Micah Simon and Aleva Hifo and Kavika Fanua, we're talking approximately 15 guys that are now in the league in some capacity that weren't just a few weeks ago. Of those 15, which guy has the best fit in the NFL with their respective team right now? Man, I mean, that's a uh, – and you're talking about guys that went this year, right, free agent or were drafted. Yes. Oh, we had a lot of guys drafted at the end. So seventh round, I mean, I'll be honest, typically after the fifth round, those fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, uh, you know, you're not guaranteed a roster spot. I think if you're fourth and up, you're, they're pretty much banking on you being on the roster and contributing some way in the season. So – Really, it is all up in the air for everyone except for Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson. I think everyone else is going to be fighting for a spot. Um, listen, I, I like all the situations they're in. I like Matt Bushman in Las Vegas, frankly. I think this is a guy who, with, without that Achilles tear, I think he is drafted in the first four rounds, especially with the type of season he could have had with Zach Wilson. We saw what, what Rex did, Isaac Rex did in his, in his replacement. So uh, I, I like Matt Bushman. Um, I obviously li- love the fact that, that Brady Christian went where, where he went because I think he's going to blow. I think he should have gone second round, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but there's some guys in there. Zane Anderson, listen, I played for Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and Zane Anderson, Danny Sorensen type guy, fits his mold. That's who he loves to groom uh, are, are these safeties that can run and that are smart. They're going to be in the right position because – his defense, Steve Spagnuolo's defense, is very complicated, maybe the most complicated in the whole NFL. Uh, and so you get a smart guy like Zane that can go pick it up and kind of learn from Danny as well. Uh, I, I'm excited. There's a lot of storylines here for guys that have, I think, really legitimate shots uh, to try to make a squad. And, and for them, like I said, it's all about learning the system uh, because if you can go out there and show that you know the system just as well as some veteran, you can perform the job maybe just as well, if not just a little worse than him, you're cheaper. The, the younger guy, the rookie's always going to be cheaper than the veteran guy. And at the end of the day, the NFL's a business. So uh, if you can demonstrate that, they'll get rid of the old guy and keep the young guy. That's what makes this time as a BYU fan, and if you're a fan of the NFL, makes it so much fun because there are so many guys with Cougar ties in the league, and not just in the league, but making storylines in the league, winning Super Bowls in the National Football League. So our entire previous segment, we were discussing, is this the golden era of BYU players in the NFL? Obviously, you have Steve Young, and you had Jim McMahon when they were winning Super Bowls, and, you know, and, and they, were, they were it when it came to you know, BYU being recognized as guys in the NFL. Do you think right now is the golden era, or do you, do you go back to those times with Young or McMahon or others? Listen, I was in diapers during those times. So I can't really say how it was back then, but I, I think now you look at, to your point, you look at the guys contributing, Sony Takitaki, you got Fred Warner, you got Jamal Williams. I mean, you've got, you got Mike Davis, who's one of the better corners and in, in, in being paid as such. You got Taysom, you now got Zach Wilson. You've got a ton of BYU players who are out there contributing. They're not just bench warmers. These are starters uh, that, that have a huge impact on their respective teams. And so, I think uh, you probably have to rewind all the way back to maybe the early 2000s. You had the Brett Kiesels and, and Ryan Denny's. There was a good class around there, too. 
Um, but I think since then, the early 2000s, this is kind of the next wave of kids that are that are getting up and, and making an impact on their teams. And, and once again, this goes back to Kalani. Kalani has finally had his chance to go out there and get his guys, develop his guys. And now, as we saw from this year, he's put him in the NFL. And so uh, now they've got to go out there and perform, make BYU look good. But so far, so good. It's, it's been fun to watch. And I think, listen, I think every Sunday you turn on the television and, and you're watching the game, there's usually a BYU guy in that game somewhere on that team. And so it really is. It's a blast right now to watch them. And that's what it's all about. If you're Kalani, that's what you're telling to these recruits. Come on into BYU. We'll develop you. And you'll go on and get drafted or sign as a free agent uh, and, and hopefully stick on a team. And, and like I said, you point your finger towards Takitaki, Calvinoy. I mean, the list goes on of guys who are out there balling out and who are getting paid pretty well. David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. Earlier you brought up the current quarterback battle at BYU between what we think is a trio. Sol J. Maiava Peters might have something to say about that and say, hey, I'm, I'm a fourth quarterback. But, David, if you were to start one guy right now on May 11th to play against Arizona, who would the guy be? Jaron Hall, Jacob Conover, or Baylor Romney? I, I, here's the thing. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Uh, what I would do is I would take a survey of the team and I would figure out who is the quarterback that the guys respect the most and, and who's the quarterback that the guys believe in the most. Uh, because in the day, that's what it's all about. His receivers, the running back, the offensive line, when they're blocking for this quarterback, who, who do those players have the most confidence in right now? And, and that's, that's what I'm curious to see because we as spectators, we, especially during COVID, we can't be at practices. We don't get to see them in doing their, you know, their play around practice uh, type situations. Uh, but the players do, and the players know who's in the weight room early, leaving late, who's sticking around watching film. Uh, and so you take a survey, you get a pulse of the players, and I think they'd tell you pretty quickly who that starter should be. Of course, they're not going to announce it on social media or anything, but uh, I'm interested to see who, who that player is that's out there grinding right now and put in the extra time because I think that's what's going to separate these guys. I think, I think they're all on a pretty level playing field. I think there's pros and cons to each player, um, but the question is who do, who do the rest of the players respect? Because that's half the battle, frankly, as a quarterback. You've got to be that field general. You've got to be that leader. Uh, and if you can rally the troops, uh, then you can get them behind you. And next thing you know, you know good things happen. So I'm excited. I, I think training, you know, fall camp uh, here come August will, will tell us a lot. But I think more than that will be these summer workouts. And, and who is a player that kind of rises there and, and who kind of the rest of the team rallies around? Let's just go ahead and get Qualtrics and those anonymous <laughs> polls going. Yes within the BYU locker room to try and figure this thing out. Wait, wait, you know, David, the, the other thing that I'm really excited about, and, and we had this conversation on the show a week or two ago, I think the other byproduct of last year, besides everything that Zach did, and he ran this offense flawlessly, but I love the fact that I think BYU's offense now does have an identity. It has a scheme that it knows it has the talent to continue to use. And Aaron Roderick said, we're not going to have to change our offensive scheme regardless of who the quarterback is. I think that's exciting to know what the offense is capable of and know that regardless of who the quarterback is, with the weapons around them, this scheme is sound. 100%. I mean, listen, this is an offensive line that, yeah, you graduate Brady Christian, Tristan Hodge, but you, you replenish that line. You've got James Hippie still there, Freeland. I mean, the, the list goes on of guys that are coming back that got significant playing time last year because of some injuries, right? So you've got a strong offensive line. Uh, you got Tyler Algier that I saw some lists. He's one of the top 25 running backs returning this year. You've got the Nakua brothers on the outside as well as Gunnar Rami. Uh, and, and so you, you've got a, 
a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, and to that point, I, all those quarterbacks were in the quarterback room last year, including Conover, because he was redshirting. Uh, so all these guys have been around the system. They know the terminology. Uh, so it should be a plug-and-play type situation with whoever's chosen to be the quarterback. And you've got weapons all around them on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's what's so exciting. This, this really isn't that rebuild we talked about. It's more of a reload. And it comes down to quarterback position. That's really the only position Phil Hughes having to go out there and, and replace. And it's, a, it's big shoes to fill, don't get me wrong. Uh, but fortunately, you've got the weapons still around them that were there last year and that uh, helped Zach kind of make the run that he did. David, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for, I don't know, your next round of golf or whatever you want to use it for, just because it's been a while since we've done that. It's the least we can do for you joining us today. I, I need it. I need it for my next round of golf. I much appreciate it. I'll take that karma and try to apply it to the golf course. My putting is atrocious. <laughs> All right. It's good to know. Don't tell anybody else, so, especially if they're uh, trying to take your candy or something. <laughs> Thanks, David. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Always good to talk with David Nixon, talk a little football. It's especially fun to talk with him this time of year based on right. guys making the transition to the NFL because he had to do it the difficult way. Yep. He had to go the long route and worked his way onto three or four different rosters. He knows exactly how these guys can do it yeah. and what they're going through right now. All right, coming up, all softball does is win conference titles and earn awards. WCC Player of the Week, Hannah Joe Peterson, will join the show. And is there a BYU equivalent, equivalent rather, to the Russell Westbrook triple-double record? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. The Jacksonville Jaguars have reached a deal with Tim Tebow as a tight end under Urban Meyer. Obviously the connection there. Who will have more NFL regular season receptions this year? One Timothy Tebow or Taysom Hill? Tim Tebow's got to make a roster. Yeah. (laughs) Are we counting preseason games? Just you take it however you'd like. Even with preseason games, it's going to be Taysom Hill. Yeah, I'm going Taysom Hill. I don't even know if Tebow's making the roster. So right now, I'm going to hedge my bet that it's going to be Taysom because I know whether he's quarterback or not, he's still going to be on a roster. Yes, Taysom Hill at some point will play receiver. They'll flex him out. There will be some specialty package. Even if he is the starting quarterback, James is going to come in and throw some passes to Taysom. Yes, he will. All right, yesterday, this video of Jack DeMooney of our favorites in the BYU football offices, and his new fanny pack was posted on his Twitter account. Bro, I walked inside here. This dude got himself the biggest fanny pack I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what he has inside this thing. Um, excuse me, sir? Yes. I know you're busy, but can you show the people what is inside your fanny pack? I'm busy at work, but... I know you don't like to keep any of your prized belongings oh. around your office. I carry this. Oh my gosh, duct tape. I'm thirsty, I carry this. <laughs> he carries the drink. Oh I my gosh. Have, uh, Just in case, you just never know. Yeah. 
Also, sometimes I, when I go to the gym, I just carry Tanner Mangles. Oh my gosh. All that is inside your fanny pack? Yeah, but when I want to play football, I, I just leave my football. <laughs> Cool. And it's my Nike. <laughs> it's like a backpack around It is. It is a backpack. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Jack, that was the voice of Jason Ayu, by the way, narrating <laughs> all of that from Jack DeMooney. Hilarious. Jason, who does the fanny pack better? Is it Jack DeMooney or Jamal Williams as we flash back to 2017 look, in the Senior Bowl? Look, I, I love Jack, but I've got to go with the original, and that's Jamal Williams with the fanny pack. He's He kind of started that. Yeah, it's clearly Jamal Williams. He's got a <laughs> Louis Vuitton fanny pack. Only the swag master can rock the fanny pack to that level. It's J Swag Day. But Jack DeMooney is certainly going to be able to fit more <laughs> stuff in his than Jamal Will. Tanner Mangum shoe. That's the best. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up, top five plays for men's volleyball. And the West Coast Conference Player of the Week in softball. Her name is Hannah Joe. And all she does is hit home runs. Okay, she does a lot of other good things as well. So join us next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation, always on demand. You can check it out on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on BYU Radio's app as well or wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our second guest of the day. We've saved the best for last. She is the current Queen of Diamonds in the West Coast Conference as far as softball goes, pride of Camas, Utah. Welcome Hannah Joe Peterson. Hannah Joe, great to have you on the show. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. It's the least we can do when you're the conference player of the week <laughs> and yet pulled in another West Coast Conference championship. How does it feel to win a 12th straight WCC or conference title as a BYU softball team? It feels awesome. I've never done that. So this is my first year. So it feels awesome. So take us back, take us back to the, the early career for Hannah Joe. You were a four-sport athlete in high school, soccer, volleyball, basketball, and softball, of course. But is, is that, is, as if that wasn't enough, you were also a cheerleader. How in the world <laughs> did you have time to do all that? I, looking back now, I don't, I don't remember ever like not having time, I guess. It's just I would go from basketball practice to – cheer at a boys game or something. Um, so it was just, we had practice at six in the morning for cheer. Um, it was so fun. It was so fun being busy all the time and just being involved in everything. Good grief. Did you ever drop a triple double in your cheerleader uniform or did you have enough time to change uniforms? I did change. I did change during <laughs> softball season. We didn't have cheer. So it worked out. It was good. Hannah Joe Peterson with us on BYU sports nation. We talked about the 12 consecutive conference championships for BYU softball there's always this kind of pressure that because BYU wins so consistently that you don't want to be the team that doesn't win the conference title so how did you handle that this year after a little bit of a slow start and then you caught fire how did you handle that pressure to go on and win another conference title um, I think our team is just really good at I mean I know the beginning was rough but everybody kind of does their part I feel like Girls that have come off the bench have done really well. They always go in and do their job. And the girls that are out there, they know what needs to be done, and they just get it done. I think 
we've come together since we've struggled the beginning and we've come together as a team and just found a way. So there's also a history with this program of winning conference championships. It's what this program does and it's expected. How do you avoid becoming complacent with that? Because it happens every year. Um, we did actually have a talk about becoming complacent and stuff. And a lot of the time our coaches just say, you can't take a pitch off. You can't take an at bat off. You just have to every, every minute, every pitch um, matters. So you just have to take it one by one instead of trying to look into the future of what could happen or the past of what had happened if we had lost or a bad at bat or something, just staying resilient through the whole thing and just going one pitch at a time. And I've been doing the play-by-play for BYU softball for about eight years now, and I can't remember a time when the outfield was as much fun to cover as it is right now between Riley Jensen, Violet Zavodnik, and yourself. What is it about this outfield that makes the that so special, that dynamic of not just what you can do defensively, but the power you guys bring to the plate? I personally learn a lot from those two just because they're both just such fighters. They have a lot of fire in them and they're always like, so what? Like, let's go. Whether they do bad, if they have a bad at bat, they never look back at their at bat. And it's always just makes me like, okay, like I got to step up and Violet, especially too, being a freshman, she is so good at just moving on. And I learned from that. So I think all we kind of just balance each other out and we're all just like, we want to win so bad. And we all just think it starts with us. And so we just, we go from there and we just build on each other. Take us through what this week means for the team, senior week. And obviously every year it's unique and everybody kind of goes through their own emotions. Take, take me through what this week means for, for you. Um, for me personally, I, it is sad seeing the seniors go, but I know that they know we still have work that needs to be done. Um, we're not finished yet. And I know that they know that, um, this week was a little weird since we don't have games this weekend, but I think, well, I know we're going to do our best to prepare for regionals and, um, just get ready to go and win some more games. I want to go in the history of your decision to come to BYU. Why, why did you decide that BYU was the next place for you in your softball career when you probably had several other opportunities to go other places? Um, I actually had a dream that I was in a BYU uniform (laughs) playing softball. I was actually playing my junior college. And I just think ever since then, I just was like, BYU. I've actually never been a BYU fan growing up or anything. Um, It was just something that I thought would be so awesome. And I knew they had a great program and great coaches. And I just was like, why not? I think that would be so cool. So I just did everything, and I did have a dream about it. So my dream came true. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I'm so glad I asked that question. <laughs> you just made my day, Hannah Joe. You made my day. That was amazing. Perfect. <laughs> all right, so now, now I'm going to ask a question about your name. So Hannah Joe, it's all one. Do you like it yep. all being one, or do you, would you have preferred Hannah space Joe? <laughs> no, I love it all one. I just like all one word. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of hard hitting question. When you come on this show, we're getting the hard hitting stuff here. <laughs> all it, right. It's unique. Like the all one word. 
We talked about the 11 and 13 start. Now BYU has won what feels like every game since, 24 of the last 26. What changed for this team to go on this wild run to success and another conference championship and eventually another NCAA tournament appearance? I think we were just sick of losing, (laughs) sick of the feeling of losing. Um, We know what we're capable of. Our team has so much talent from one to 26. And I just, I think we just flipped a switch that was like, we're better than this. We have what it takes and we're all just starting to play for each other. We play with more energy. We play with more positivity and we're just having fun. I think that is the biggest thing for all of us. I like to have fun. And I feel like when I don't have fun, I don't do my best. And I think that goes for a lot of people in sports. Um, They're supposed to be fun. I don't know why you would be here if you're not going to have fun. So I think we just started having fun and trusting ourselves when we're on the field or at bat. Uh, The fun factor has helped when you hit 80 home runs as a team as well. So here's to more home runs. I know you got one more against Utah State uh, before you close out the regular season. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Go and play well. You come on the show. You're going to play. You're the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. You're going to be amazing against Utah State. So just bank on that, okay? Got it. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us, Hannah Joe. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Hannah Joe Peterson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. What a great story about the dream. I wasn't going to ask that question. I was like, you know, I, I, want, I want to go there. Dream it into existence. How about that? That is awesome. Yes. By the way, I had a dream you gave me $20. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you're doing. Your Jedi mind tricks won't work, Jason. <laughs> All right, coming up on Rising Shoutouts. And the top five BYU men's volleyball plays on Top 5 Tuesday. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Why do I want to give you a 20? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast as well. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Following a fantastic season for BYU men's volleyball, we look back at the top five plays from the 2021 campaign. Starting at number five, Gabby Garcia Fernandez with two kill shots after the overpass on his first attempt leads to the kill versus Grand Canyon. Look at that. Overpowering the competition. Love it. Number four, one Will Stanley. Such a volleyball heritage in that family. Shows off the backhanded teardrop for the kill against USC. Oh, beautiful. Number three, after an overpass by BYU, the aforementioned Will Stanley runs under the net to (laughs) save it back and leads to a crucial point in the fifth set for the Cougars versus the Lopes. I didn't even know you could do that until I saw this play. (laughs) That's crazy. Incredible. All right, number two, Michael Worthington and Zach Eschenberg back-to-back saves that end up just going over the net for a BYU point to set up the match point against Grand Canyon in the MPSF semifinals. I love the effort from BYU men's volleyball. And number one, after Zach Eschenberg's blocked attempt, 
Will Stanley has an incredible set to Eschenberg to help set up the MPSF championship win. Look at that. You know, Look at this. You know how difficult that is? That's just dumb good. That looks like you and me on the beach. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the guys that are sitting on the sidelines? The guys are watching what's happening is what I mean. You didn't let me finish. That is Top 5 Tuesday. Obviously disappointing finish for BYU men's volleyball, but man, they put it out there again. Did some incredible things. Our question of the day, back to football, is right now the golden era of BYU football in the National Football League. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts. Blue goggles on for oh. this one. Okay. Let's Blue go. goggle alert. Let's go. Blue goggle alert. T Good Four on Instagram says, hot take, Zach Wilson is the next Tom Brady. Oh my. Wow. Wow, I may need to get two on for Ooh. this. Yeah. I need to get two yep. Blue goggle alert. Yep. Blue goggle alert. This season Blue will be the start alert. of the golden era alert. for BYU and the NFL because it is the rookie season of future eight-time Super Bowl champion. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we got a third pair anywhere, we don't people. We don't enough blue goggles on the desk. Wow. I, even even I think that's two blue goggles with all of these blue goggles on. <laughs> wow. Good gravy. Look, I love the enthusiasm, Woo. though. I love it. All right. All right. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Uh, Andrew Pintar, not only is he the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for BYU Baseball, he is also one of the National Players of the Week. This guy is unbelievable. I'm giving one to Riley Jensen of BYU Softball, the senior being honored this week. She currently holds four all-time records in an historic BYU Softball program. Runs scored, doubles, games played, games started. She's got a shot to end as uh, the leader in all-time hits in the program, Jason. She's just an incredible player. Lots going on over at the uh, Gale and Larry Miller yes. fields these Miller days. Park Complex. Yes. Our thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Hannah Joe Peterson. No space between Hannah and Joe. That's right. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ashley Robinson. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Should we talk football tomorrow? Give me $20. Go Cougs.